Podcasting 101 with me, your host, Rachel. This podcast is for female business owners and solopreneurs that are looking to start a podcast to add to your own already awesome offering. I'll give you helpful advice that you can take away and use in your podcasting journey. I hope to answer those tricky questions that just keep you from starting. Once a month, I'll be joined by other female podcasters. They'll share their journey with you and offer tips and advice they discovered along the way. Let's get started. And welcome to our first guest chat here on the Podcasting 101 with Rachel podcast. <laughs> um, uh, we're welcoming Gillian and Tamsin today. Hello, ladies. Hello. Hi. Oh, it's lovely to have you here. Um, just as a little introduction to you both, Gillian and Tamsin are both anti-diet coaches and they're on a mission to disrupt diet culture and help and support those who are looking to heal their relationship with their food and their body. Their podcast is called the Anti-Diet Podcast, and it goes without saying that I absolutely love the podcast. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about the podcast and about what you do? Yeah, go for it, Tamsin. Oh, thanks. Need him to know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the, uh, it's the Anti-Diet Club podcast, and uh, we wanted to bring conversations around leaving diet culture behind, healing your relationship with food, body image stuff dismantling weight bias and weight stigma and we wanted to bring it into a like conversational style podcast because we have lots of discussions between ourselves and we wanted those conversations to be out there in the world for other people who were trying to work through some of this stuff and um, th- who may not be able to access uh, coaching at this time or group coaching coaching or anything else like that. And we just wanted to provide user platform to get the message out there and connect with other people who might be going through the same thing, might be having the same experiences. Um, and yeah, that's really kind of what is behind the podcast and the reason we do it. It's a great reason. I think that something podcasts like this need to be more in the forefront, uh, especially at the moment. And it's something that hopefully become more mainstream. In the planning stages, what did you, what was going through your heads when you decided that you wanted to do a podcast? And what were your, the next things that you did? So after I sent Tamsin a message via WhatsApp to ask her if she would join me in this crazy venture of starting a podcast we were exactly faced with that like how then how do you do it how do you start a podcast because neither of us had ever ever done anything like this before um but we were avid podcast listeners so we both knew what we liked in a podcast and what we didn't um and we also knew what our strengths were right we are not researchers we're not academics we're not um, therapists were coaches with real life experience and we really just felt as Tamsin said the discussions we were already having other people could benefit from hearing them so um, that was really fairly easy to pin down the style and then we had to look at what our strengths were and from the outset Tamsin said I don't know anything about tech don't involve me in tech and I didn't know, but I was felt confident that I could, you know, 
watch a few YouTube tutorials and and kind of work out the basics. I was I was fairly um, happy with that. Um, and Tamsin has a much greater enthusiasm and passion for social media than I do. So she was really happy to take that on. So that that just seemed a really good even distribution of labor between the two of us. And then I have a design background, so I was fairly specific on the kind of logo that I wanted. So I I did that in Canva, um, set up templates for Tamsin to use. So it really all seemed very, like hopefully Tamsin agrees, but fairly easy, just playing to our strengths and and our style and our beliefs around what we talk about in the podcast are so, so similar that it just all kind of fell together pretty easily. So you're pretty in step then. That obviously makes things a lot easier that you've got similar ideas and especially for the design. Who is your target audience? And was you talked a little bit about um, your your goals in making, is your goal to make this kind of information accessible to people? Yeah, so I think for, for us, when we were talking about it, we were trying to think about, well, who are we trying to reach? Like, who is the person that's going to be listening to this? And, you know, it it's a mixture really, but essentially when we were thinking about it in our mind we were trying to think about it's somebody who is perhaps dipping the toe into anti-diet work and maybe dipping their toe into things like intuitive eating maybe they're thinking about you know how to accept their bodies maybe they want to learn more about the social justice side of things um about dismantling um diet culture and weight stigma and all that kind of stuff but they haven't actually managed to do any work with anyone on it or maybe that's not accessible to them or perhaps um it's not something that they actually want to do but they're really interested in the subject and I think and hopefully Gillian agrees this is why we wanted to keep it conversational we wanted it to feel like you could almost be sitting next to us in a cafe and we were having this conversation about stuff and and talking about the things that really kind of come up in real life because we haven't had every lived experience, but we've had a lot of experience through clients. We've had a lot of experience through um, ourselves, a lot of experience through our training and um, our own research and understanding of all these subjects. So we bring a like a bit of everything into it. And if we haven't had the lived experience, we do the work to make sure that we are representing that lived experience as much as possible or bringing a guest on and giving someone else a voice. And we have a variety of guests on from people that we've, you know, worked with before to people who are, you know, really big names in the industry doing this kind of stuff in in different guises. So yeah, basically it was just to try and make sure it was a relaxed conversation that people could just join in with. And it, was structured around different topics that somebody might be struggling with. So they can look at the title and say, actually, yeah, I want to learn more about that or I want help on that. And, but like I said, it was never going to be like tips. It was never going to be, you know, statistics and all that kind of stuff. Like we are just having a conversation and quite often just seeing how it unfolds. Yeah, I think one of the things that you really felt quite passionately about at the start, Tamsin, and I think it was such a great move, you know, podcasts for us have been really helpful in in helping us understand topics better and but really what you were about was I want people to feel less alone in this journey right um because when you're suffering with disordered eating and body shame it's really lonely and it's really shame you know people carry a lot of shame around the relationship with food and their bodies. And we really wanted just to bring these conversations out so that people 
felt seen and heard and they could connect to these topics and and really feel validated in that and less lonely like they're not weird they're not broken this is actually really common there's so many people experiencing this but it's not talked about so that I that I think really as Tamsin said it wasn't about statistics and research it was about we get it we've been there and actually holding that hope for for change it sounds like that was where you drew on to get your episodes as well is that how you planned out your episodes in that frame of mind with your person in mind the kind of things that they would like to hear about or brought to the forefront and did you also how far ahead did you plan your episodes did you have an idea because I know you've done seasons and you're in season two now so did you initially just plan out season one and then yeah we 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 had it we sat down came up with um you know, brainstormed a lot of the topics we wanted to talk about and then narrowed that down, decided on how many episodes that we would put out for the first season. We've always been very kind of, this is flexible. No one's, we, we're not we're not answering to anyone other than ourselves. Like this is our decision, what we feel comfortable with. And the first thing that we did was made sure we covered, we recorded three episodes, I think it was, Julian, wasn't it? We mm-hmm. recorded three. So we had three to start off with. So we like almost had some in the bank. So we weren't, then scrabbling around to try and like do the next one we decided on the drumbeat of when we would record and we well we planned it we planned it really well but to like not to the point where we were exhausted Mm -hmm. like does this fit in with our life can we fit this in around our work can we like is how much time is all this going to take up because you know everything from the editing as you know to like having the podcast handle and um you know putting out posts each week about that and advertising it and and posting that on our own handles and it it and i think having guests in season 2 added in like another layer and i'm glad we didn't jump into that in season 1 because it helped us kind of find our feet find our voice get used to doing the things that we don't there are bits that we both sort of don't love for me it's intros which we always laugh about because I hate them and tech and I like can't even use my mic half the time so it's kind of it's just give it that gave us the breathing space to go let's find our voices find our feet and then we'll get braver as we go on so like season two is about us being brave about having guests and you know we've we've got some things we've learned about that but it's working well so far we've just but we are planners definitely I would say I think planning is an important part of your podcast I think well I know that if you don't plan then you could end up scrabbling around trying to find your episodes I think batching is a brilliant idea I'm going to do that myself with my episodes the solo ones that we're having and try and get the interviews in because I think that as well life just happens and we're all business owners as well so we all have our own things to deal with so having that planning stage the planning in place is critical to the success of the podcast what was the challenges with that when you decided to like fitting it around your schedule did you find it difficult to fit that in or was it did it work obviously I know it's all worked out in the end because you're in season two and it's going really well but you know initially was it hard to decide on like did you have any specific length of the episodes or did you have any recording conflicts or yeah, I think um, we we set aside the same time of the same the same day every week. Friday morning, we agreed would be our podcast morning, and um, yeah, we have we have learned a lot as as time has gone on. We've kind of went through a phase of sort of trying to really 
so in terms of we're saying we plan the episodes, we plan, um, we know when we're going to be recording, we know what the episodes are, we know the sequence of them. But we went through a, a stage where we were trying to kind of micro plan what we were going to talk about within the episode. And that didn't go massively well for us. In fact, one episode, I think we recorded three times because we, yeah, because it just, we were, we were trying to check all the boxes in terms of like getting everything covered on that topic. And are we doing this and are we addressing this issue? And are we, um, you know, having these people be seen in this episode? And it became kind of stagnant and kind of boring and it wasn't really us. So even though we have a a really good structure to work with, I would say when we come to actually a couple of bullet points written down that we want to cover, Mm -hmm. but it's pretty spontaneous. um, And we, we feel that works best for us. I am a perfectionist in recovery. So I find it quite hard sometimes because I'm the editor of the podcast. So listening back to a conversation, it's hard sometimes to think, Oh, you know, I didn't quite say that the way that I wanted to say it or oh, we forgot to do this part for me in trying to just let go and done is better than perfect. And Tamsin's great at that. You know, I, I couldn't ask for a better co-host because she's always the reminder to say, you know, we did a great job. We might not have all bases covered, but it's it's really good enough. Um, let's get it done. So when I'm having a lot of doubts of anything she's always the kind of one that brings it back to reality for me so it's a good it's a good dynamic but uh, yeah other than my perfectionism and Tamsin as she's mentioned the intros she struggles with so we, we we're kind of testing out right now pre-recorded intros and outros which is new for us we've never done that before but uh, yeah so much of it is experimentation um and ultimately what what we are gonna land with is just what feels most natural for us and easiest for us because that's going to be what's most sustainable. That's a really good point about testing and you you know even if you have your podcast planned out I think it's important to know that it can evolve Mm -hmm. into something different or you know when I first started my first podcast the virtually inspiring one I just wanted to kind of dive in and do a podcast and that was the subject that I settled on and as time has gone on now I realise maybe I need to go in a different direction. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that necessarily. And I think, like you're saying, you've got a different style. Everybody learns. It's the same with the social media and your marketing, I guess, that you all evolve with your podcast. And it's great to keep a little bit of flexibility in there rather than potentially sticking rigidly to something that might not be working for you or for your audience, that you have that ability to be able to you know, give yourself some leeway there. I think it's a bit like social media when you kind of get hung up on your like colors or your branding or whatever, you you start doing something in a certain way or you want to change like what you're called or something. You think in your mind that people are going to really like notice or they're going to like think, you know, you've, you've, you've done a U-turn. Actually, nobody really does notice at all. I think it, it, it helps you kind of when you're doing it, what for what feels authentic to you it helps you keep going I think when you're doing it because you think it's what somebody wants but you don't have that valid you don't have that verification that validation that that is what they want you're just kind of doing something that's not right for you and like Jillian said you know when we were we was when we tried to script anything I think what we were Mm. trying to do in that instance was to not have the conversation we were we started talking about it before we recorded 
Mm-hmm. But then we found that we had like the best of our conversation. We got the best of ourselves. By the time we hit record, we were fatigued. We'd been talking for like an hour, two hours mm-hmm. sometimes. Mm-hmm. And then we were like running out of time. Then it was, we just, we just had to say, no, that this is, this is not working. Mm-hmm. We need to be more confident in our own knowledge, our own experience and our own ability to have these great conversations and just be better at kind of cutting bits out if they don't work for us rather than trying to have the perfect conversation straight off the bat and mm-hmm. and it seems we're in a flow now and I feel like it's if she says to me tomorrow let's just jump on and record something I will I will go yeah, yeah. Fine, let's do it yeah there, there is a thing about you know the option to for people to script their their episodes or to have them as notes I, I prefer to with the solo ones I've got some kind of areas that like I want to cover but I think that you're right that you can't, if you get too rigid in, for me, if I get too rigid in that, then you're trying to include everything, then it it then doesn't feel very natural. Um, and it, I suppose it depends on the style of your podcast and what you're actually, what you're actually doing for your podcast as well, I think, the subject. So it's something to consider and you have to go with what works best for you rather than trying to shoehorn yourself into doing a script when actually it's not the right thing to do because it can take a long time to really read a script and make it sound conversational and natural I mean it's like a bit like I mean I'm no absolutely no actor and I guess you'd have to kind of be I mean some people might be really great at it and that would be brilliant but yeah it's um yeah, we're great good point. at it. Yeah, I'm not good no, at it. No, there's no right way to with any of this stuff. <laughs> no, I think, I think yeah. it feels more natural when you find what works for you. And if it works for you to have like bullet points or notes or even having a script is fine. It's just it didn't work for us because yeah. it was just making us really stilted and it's just yeah. not how we are. Yeah. And it doesn't, particularly when you bring guests in, right, it doesn't allow for the kind of fluidity of the conversation because you're mm-hmm. you're so worried about like, how do I get this next question in as opposed to being really present in what the actual conversation is at the time? Yeah. So yeah, we're still, we're still kind of learning that as we go. Well, yeah, I think that that's just a big thing that people have to also get over with junior podcasts that there are things that you may not get right as well. And that Mm -hmm. those things shouldn't stop you from starting your podcast or trying things out. Um, so you've talked a little bit about the tech side of things, which you've mastered, Gillian. Um, <laughs> what kind of things, I know you talked about, um, Tamsin, you handle the social media kind of things. What kind of things or posts do you use to promote your podcast? So on the social media handle, we decided we wanted to have one and we decided we wanted to have a logo and everything. And um, Gillian's so great with the design stuff was I will spend about four hours in Canva coming up with something really shameful so I just left that to Gillian but what happened is she created we created this kind of like drumbeat of you know when when it's like podcast episode launch week we will put out a teaser post to say what's coming up on the Tuesday our podcast goes out every other week on a Thursday and then on the Thursday that the podcast is aired we put out a post um, with a sound to it and we do that every time and then the week where we haven't got an episode coming out, we have a quote from the podcast. And then on the Thursday, which is like we have um, of that week where we're not having an episode coming out, we just have like an engagement post and we chat to the community about maybe what they want to hear or we talk about something. 
And yeah, that we've kind of kept that going and we, we're just growing it really slowly. It wasn't the be all and end all, but we wanted to have that because it's, because we're not in business together. We have our own separate businesses. We just wanted to have this like joint podcast handle that we could then share stuff from so we can share it to our own social media accounts and that's no problem. But yeah, having those things set up in Canva with all those different posts means that I can just go into Canva. We share the, we, um, it's like, you know, that you can share on teams within Canva and I can just go in and edit them and then I can just get on with it and I can just post them. Occasionally I might WhatsApp it to Jillian and say, you happy with this if I'm not sure. But generally speaking, yeah, we try to keep it simple. We kind of try to keep like a same drumbeat. We probably don't use stories enough. We used to use, we used to post like our bloopers and stuff in the beginning, but we don't those really were have so any of those fun. now. They were so fun. Oh my fun, God, just, the bloopers are hilarious. Really them now. We don't anymore. We do don't. We? And there's like, oh. you know, there'll be a cat coming in as Marvin. Oh, you should do a reels. And... You should do like batch some reels of yeah, this. Yeah, we <laughs> have, I think that's probably something we haven't really ventured into is like doing, there's, there's loads more we could do with the social media side, but at the moment mm. it's manageable. And this is the thing that we kind of keep bringing ourselves back to is what is manageable yeah because if we start doing like loads of stories all the time there'll be times when we can't do that and then it sort of falls on its face keeping so, the consistency yeah with what we're you just want like to achieve. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, yeah this is yeah. this is how we're comfortable doing it and then we will always share the artwork with the people we have on if we have guests we share it on our own handles I share it um we have the podcast linked on our websites mm-hmm. so you can actually listen to the episodes through our website which was something we've done recently and I share it everywhere, LinkedIn, in our newsletters. We just kind of, we don't have a, like a thing where we, each person has to do something, but we quite often will think, you know, I suddenly realized yesterday, actually I can put it on LinkedIn. Why not? So I started doing that and Mm -hmm. it's just, yeah, sharing. Well, email signature. Do you have it in your email signature? I do actually, I do. I've got, I need to update all mine when this is released. Yeah. So a little link in your email signature. Is that a good one? Yeah, that you sounds like, like you're marketing it in all <laughs> all the right places. That what I would, what I recommend to my clients, and what I do for myself is is what you do with the quote, um, an engagement post and a launch day post and the and the audiograms. I love the audiograms. Mm. I was really into doing those. Do you use a particular? Do you use Canva for those, or do you use a different app? Yeah, all our design Canva. stuff is in Canva, it's in Canva. and we've it, used worked out how to do it. Just about I we wanted to do it a different way. We couldn't work it out. So we're like, right, do you know what? We need to just get this out. So we, it's again, yeah. it's one of those things. It's like, do we faff about with the design of this forever or mm. do we just get it out to a point where we are happy? And I, I, we're happy with it now. And we have a, a set schedule. We have set colors. That's our branding colors for the specifically for the podcast. That's completely unlinked to our own branding colors on our own businesses. So it's yeah. totally different, but yeah, it's, um, we do everything in Canva, really, just because. It's yeah, I, I use Canva a lot. I find it really hard for audiograms, though. I did one. Um, I couldn't get the waveform that I wanted. So I use um, Headliner app mm-hmm. and I design the static Canva, um, graphic in Canva and then I upload it to uh, Headliner. And then it puts you can choose the waveform and then you can also mm-hmm. do the subtitles in there as well. Yeah, I couldn't make that work. work. No. Um, so I had the same problem. I wanted the different waves and then... I found a way to just kind of make it look like it was moving. But I, know, I was looking at the, it this morning. I was like, how yeah. do you to <laughs> For anyone who's having a problem with doing this audio file in Canva and you want to do it in Canva, my top tip is you get, you have to trim the clip that you want. You have to trim it down to about less than 10, like 10 minutes or less and have that. Because if you try and upload the entire 
um, file, the audio file to Canva, it completely crashes it and it just can't cope. And you can't then decide which clip you want. So I tend to select like a, or Jillian will cut it down for me depending, Mm -hmm. um, or I'll do it myself. And then, then I can, it will just go in instantly and it will upload instantly and I can use it properly, but it's just getting, because I only use like less than a minute of that audio Mm -hmm. file for an Instagram post. Yeah, because I tend to do, I mean, in headlining, you can only upload up to 10 minutes as well. But I tend to do around 30 seconds to a minute for an audiogram. But I, I'll cut my clip in, um, I use Audacity to edit. So I'll, when I'm going through doing the show notes and everything, I'll I'll find the what I want to use and I'll put it on a separate file and export it so I can just put it in easy. Otherwise... I think sometimes some of the editors or clippers in, in different softwares are quite hard to use. And if you're already editing anyway, then you can easily kind of get those clips. Yeah. We oh, just out of interest. Super easy. Yeah. What what do you use for your editing software? Just out of interest. Uh, iMovie. iMovie. Okay. Yeah. It's oh, I, the, I mean, it's just the only thing I vaguely, vaguely knew how to use. And yeah. there's tons of YouTube tutorials. And I, yeah. I still don't feel like I... I think if somebody who really knew what they were doing watched me do it, they'd be thinking, oh, my God, you're doing it completely like the long way around. But, you know, it works and and I'm it's familiar now and, and easy. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's like what's important. It yeah, it is. I've got a little bit of background. When I was at university, I did some editing and things. So when I came back to it now and my also my husband's a sound engineer and he's like super helpful. Oh, so he like really easy. helps me. Yeah. With a lot of the software. So that was quite handy. Yeah. Um, now I'm like trying to bat him off and go, no, I need to do it myself. I got to work mm-hmm. it on myself. So I was very pleased the other day when I was working something out and I did it all by myself. So there's a lot yeah. of tutorials as well for some of it because it's this, they can do so much from the editing software and even, I mean, I, there are people that know Audacity way better than I know it. And there are so many different things you can do. So it's quite nice to discover something sometimes that you haven't known is possible but I think the tech can the tech side of things could be something that would put it would put someone like me off yeah but I think knowing that you can do you can keep it simple and you don't have to kind of go jump through a lot of hoops to to do it I think is is helpful and I think because we're keeping it like a conversational style mm -hmm. we're not editing out every last thing I think that helps yeah that does help I was thinking about that the other day um Hannah and Nicole, who do the Showing Up Solo podcast um, that I edit as well, they like to keep it conversational. They like to keep their some of their mistakes in. I think that, or not mistakes, or if your phone pings or anything like that, because part of their marketing that they're doing is about showing up and you don't have to be perfect to show up. And I think that is really important. Everybody has a standard to what they, you know, want to, and I want this to sound great. But if it's going to be a big barrier for you, there are ways that you can do it. That to start with, you can just get your podcast out there. You're doing it because that can be a kind of excuse, the tech, or I don't know how to do this. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to use that to delay everything. And Mm -hmm. it is a journey as well. Like we were talking about earlier, everything evolving and learning that if you just, it can be such a beneficial experience and beneficial for your business. And Kind of streamline all your marketing to have a podcast that that you shouldn't let something like that and like the microphones we've all got I've got a lovely microphone now and but when I first died like my husband had like um he had an old like radio mic that I borrowed and that sounded fine or you can have the headphones with your mic in for your 
that you get with your phone. So those kind of things you can still use to start with and then invest as you've decided to think, actually, now I do want to invest in that. And, you know, so I think that it is an important point to make that people should just plan it and then dive in. I'm not a complete monster. You have to plan something, but then you go, (laughs) like dive in. But there is, once you've done the planning, you should just, uh, I mean, it is nerve wracking starting. That was kind of what was holding me back when I first did mine. Because I planned it all and done all this, but I still was that bit about, oh, have I got this right? Have I got that right? Like the perfectionist in me, Gillian. Yeah. And I was a yeah. bit like, but well, I've just got to do it. And then yeah. kind of, so and I'm what, glad I did. I think, although Tamsin's right, I do look at the stats a lot to see downloads. And, and I'm really interested in the countries in which people um, tune in from. When Tamsin and I sit down to record, I in my mind, it's like, no one's going to be listening to this. <laughs> it's just a conversation. Like, I hope obviously it reaches a lot of people and it lands with them. But if I start to think of, you know, all the hundreds of people that's listening to it, I think I'd get pretty overwhelmed. So it's nice to just think that it's just her and me having this conversation and then it goes out into the world. And I think that's one of the biggest things I've learned from this podcast thing is the more fun that we have and the less attached to the outcome, the more I'm likely to show up and, and do it and continue to do it, as opposed to having these really, really firm kind of attached outcomes. We had no idea. We really just thought it would be our moms that would listen to the podcast. Turns out my mom doesn't listen to the podcast, but oh other mine. people do. <laughs> I think neither of our moms have ever listened no. to it. My mom no. said to me the other day, how many likes have you had on your podcast? I was like, listens, mom, listens. <laughs> yeah. Just like, just no. <laughs> yeah, it can feel, I've always kind of done mine with the thought that, you know, that nobody's listening or if I just get like one listener or one person that I could have helped from this, then that is, that's amazing. And we were talking about it for the, um, we press record, but you've got nearly 2000 listens now on your podcast, which is amazing. Yeah, yeah that's right. With only, I think, what are we on 12 episodes? 13 yeah, episodes? Just, yeah. Just gone yeah, through 12. Yeah. 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 That's a fantastic achievement. And I guess, and it is a testament to, the hard work that you've put in in the planning stages in recognizing exactly what your audience will want to hear and what is going to resonate with them and that planning in making sure that you're going to cover the topics that you feel is going to resonate with the audience and obviously it has because you've got you know the evidence there that there's 2,000 listens that what you're doing is really resonating with people who are listening and I myself love the podcast and it definitely resonates with me as well so (laughs) you know one person definitely (laughs) do you have any kind of last bits of advice you'd offer to anybody starting a podcast my top tip of advice would be don't worry about what your voice sounds like because no no one no one cares and you won't care after a while um you can get over that pretty quickly but the other thing is if you're thinking of having guests on just like reach out to whoever you actually want on. Don't ever, we, we've been really brave about who we've asked to come onto the podcast. And we're like, well, they might say no, and that's fine. But you'll find that most people say yes. In fact, every single person that we asked in the first season two has said yes. Um, we've got them all either recorded or booked in because people want to come and talk about their stuff. They, 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 it's, it's unusual. I think, you know, for people not to want to, but if they don't, it's not anything to do with you. It may be just time schedule or, but if you don't ask, you don't get. And we've just, we've really, really reached out to um, lots of people in 
our industry and lots of like, we've just reached out to everyone we've wanted haven't we we've just yeah. we think about it and I think just don't get put off by whoever you might want if you really want them on your podcast and you think they can add value to your listeners um then do it just ask mm-hmm. yeah yeah you've you've been really brave I have to say between the two of us in terms of like let's just go for it you know what's the worst that can happen my top tip would definitely be on the tech side and just like not don't let that trip you up it's just a learned skill that's all it is it's um you know I think that if you've got a message to share um your voice is important that's the important part getting that out into the world to be of service to people to share your your experience and your knowledge the tech side is just something that is necessary but but um can be learned and if if you can't do it then maybe find somebody who can do it but don't let that be the stumbling block because the most important thing is that you get your work out there into the world that's great advice thank you both so much for coming on and for being our first guests my first guests on the podcast do you want to just let us know where we can find the podcast and also your businesses so the um the Instagram handle is the Anti Diet Club podcast and you can find the podcast on all the usual places Apple, Spotify, Anchor, Google and my I'm Gillian McCollum that's what my business is called so my website's just gillianmccollum.com and my Instagram handle's the same Gillian McCollum so yeah thanks for having us Rachel yeah, you can find me. I'm at Tamsin Broster Coaching on Instagram and my website is just my name. It's tamsinbroster.co.uk. Yeah, it's been great. It's been great to actually talk about something slightly different than our actual yeah. podcast. <laughs> it's like talking about the actual process of it. It's been great. Yeah, well, thanks for Thank coming you. on. I'll link um, all of the information in the show notes as well so that people can find you easily. And yeah, thanks again. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please like, share and subscribe. Your support means so much to me. If there's a question or topic you'd like covering, then I'd love to hear from you. Find the podcast on Instagram at Rachie Botfield and drop me a DM. Till next time. Bye.